1: Uh, I think a couple just turned orange the other day as if we're just going to fall. Someone asked me, well, what's going on? Here's what's going on. The earth is confused, and it's going to get worse. Because what hap- what's happening, is it tr- uh, take it like this. God gave Adam dominion over the earth, and so his authority over the earth lasted all this time, even through sin. And the more we, we rebel against God, the more the earth rebels against us. That's what's happening. And it's, it's kind of interesting to watch because here we are in December, nine days from Christmas, and it's like 70 degrees in the daytime. What's weird is that first thing in the morning, it's in the 40s, and within a couple of hours, three hours, it jumps 30 degrees. Is that crazy? That's pretty weird to me, confusing my wardrobe. I don't know how to dress. So I've, I'm dressing for every season. Don't think, <laughs> don't think I don't know what I'm doing. I'm dressing for every season. Amen. Uh, uh, James chapter 1, verse 17. I want to I share this with you. Uh, this is a good Bible study lesson. Uh, read this out loud with me. Ready? Uh, give me King James. I want us to read from that just to get the sense of I'm teaching you Greek while I'm doing this too. Uh, everyone reading out loud. Ready? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and coming down from the Father of lights. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now this, I explained this whole verse to you, but just by by review, let me do this real quickly. In the the Greek it reads, every agathos dosis, and agathos dosis, the word agathos means benevolent, something that's good or beneficial. And the word gift is the act of giving, dosis is the act of giving. Every good gift and every perfect gift, the word perfect is teleion, which means mature or reaching the goal, and the word gift is different, is the word dorema, which means the result of a gift given. And so what it's basically saying is that when, when anyone gifts to you with a motive of, of being benevolent or a motive of blessing you, and any gift that comes into your life that makes a major difference, it comes from God. And it says, it not only mentions two things about the gift, but now it speaks also of the Father, who is our, our, our God. It says, with him there's no virulness. In other words, he's not shifty, he's not a moving target, neither is he shady. And now, based on that, I want to move into tonight. I want to talk to you about recognizing and enjoying the gift that God has given you. Recognizing and enjoying the gift of God that you've been given. Now, this is interesting because as I was, I'm studying this and I was looking for scripture, when I came across some very interesting gift information that's going to be a blessing to you. 90% of believers in the earth don't use their gifts. Matter of fact, 90% of the believers don't even know they have gifts. When, when, I, was, when I was a little boy, at eight, eight years old, my mom said that um, I started piano lessons. I don't remember when it was. I just know it was little. And I just knew from a little boy that I would be doing music for my entire life. I was writing songs when I was in my teens. And so I kind of knew well the trajectory of my life. When God called me to preach, it was so new to me and so different because public speaking was not my thing. You got it? Matter of fact, when I went on the radio, I was on the radio for 13 years, um, preaching every day to this city and surrounding areas. And I couldn't listen to my broadcast because I don't like the sound of my voice. But what God said to me was interesting. When I told the Lord, when the Lord said to go on the radio, I responded in prayer. I said, God, you know, well, I don't like the sound of my voice. He said, well, don't listen to it. It's not for you. Isn't that interesting? God didn't give you your voice for you. Because of the inner ear situation, you really don't hear your voice the way it's supposed to be heard. And the first time you hear it or record it, it freaks you out every time. Ever happened to anybody you hear a voice? Yeah, it, yeah, it freaks you out. So we, most of us don't even know for certain or what we're supposed to be doing. What we're doing is what's comfortable or we're doing the thing that we have come secure in making a living. I want to help you because I'm going some places with this lesson tonight and I want to get through as much of it as possible. Until you, until you dare to trust God and believe that God loves you enough to have a plan for your life, you're not going to know what God gifted you with because your gift is not obvious. The thing that God wants you to do is, is well outside of your, what's called your comfort zone. All right. Now, there are a couple of things I want to start with. Um. There's some gifts that God gave us that, that we don't think about. How many of you get up in the morning and go to work? Now, listen to the question. You go to work in a job that not, you don't necessarily hate, but you, you just, it's not what you like to do. Now, before I, you respond, my staff don't respond because you work for me and I'm going to remember. So my, this is not for my staff. This is just for everybody else. Amen. So how many of you, okay, let's start here. You get up and go to a job you hate. Put your hand up. Hate it. Okay. You don't necessarily hate it, but if you could, you'd be doing something else. Okay. You like it, but you don't like where you're working in that field. You like the field, but not where you're working. Okay. Is there anybody in here that says you just thoroughly enjoy your job? Put your hand up. Thoroughly enjoy it. Well, that's good. That's more than expected. Now, let me show you something that's going to bless you. There's a gift that God gave to us, and, and I want to I start out here. Matter of fact, um, go to John chapter 4, verse 10. I've shown you this scripture before, but I want to be, begin here. The Bible says the gifts come from God. In John 4, 10, something happens in this verse that I want to point your attention to. The woman of the well says that Jesus, um, go to Jesus, basically, go to verse 9. I want to show him something. The woman of the well says, um, how is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh ask, the drink of me? Give me a New Living Translation, please, real fast. Um, he says, you are a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Verse 10, Jesus says to her, if you only knew the gift of God. Everyone say, if you knew the gift of God. No, no, come on, everybody say, if you knew the gift of God. If you knew the, if you knew the gift of God, or the gift that God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Now, here's what he said. I want to I focus on what he said to her. He said, if you only knew the gift that God gave to you. And that's what I'm dealing with tonight. Many of us don't know that there's certain things that we would like to do, we don't have to earn. There's certain things that you want to do in your life that was given to you as a gift. Now, I'm going to start real practical. We're going to work our way from the earth to heaven. Okay? Now, the the missing ingredient to enjoying anything in the earth, if you don't enjoy, how many of you say, well, Pastor, I just don't enjoy my job? Put your hand up. no, no, wait. wait that, that, somebody lying because more hands went up. Let's see now. I don't, uh, I don't enjoy my job. Put your hand up. Okay, now, I'm going to show you this. Uh, you can't enjoy anything, anything at all, unless you have joy. This is what I just said. If you don't have joy, you can't enjoy it. Because really, it's not the thing that's the problem. It's you. And even if you change the situation and go into another situation, if you don't have joy, you can't enjoy anything. Miserable people don't have fun. You got it? Now, listen to this. If the Holy Spirit can't give you joy through the thing you're doing, you'll never enjoy it. You may get pleasure from it, but not enjoyment. And there's a difference. Pleasure fades, but joy, according to Scripture, gives strength. You need joy to enjoy life. Now, what you're thinking when you think joy, you think happiness, you, and you have all these synonyms going on in your mind. But all, what joy really is, is connecting to something. You connect to something that, 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 listen to the word, that you're enthusiastic about. The word entheos in, in is, is the root word of our word enthusiasm, entheos. And entheos is a compound word. It means in, uh, in, and theos, God, in God. It means you find some of God in what you're doing. That's what enthusiastic means. I find God in it or God God has found me in it. And what happens to most of us is we go from place to place, from job to job, from relationship to relationship, and we're looking for something we could enjoy. But we don't have joy. So the most we can get is pleasure. And here's how pleasure works. Pleasure fades. After a while, it won't please you anymore. The problem is you need to shift in your attitude. Now, in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 16, I want to show you this. Solomon is writing this book from an earthly perspective, and he's investigating things in the earth, the book of Ecclesiastes. And um, he, he says something. I want you to pay attention to this. He says, and this, too, is a very serious problem. People leave this world no better off than when they came. And their hard work is for nothing like working for the wind. Look at verse 17. He says, throughout their lives, they live under a cloud. Here's the cloud. Frustrated, discouraged, and what? Now, now let's be, don't, don't think about anybody else. Think about yourself. Think about you working for minimum wage, for you, for you, whatever you do, you start, a, you start a business, want nobody support it. It seems like everything is frustrating, it's discouraging, and it leaves you angry. Here's what I want to point out about these three words. Whenever you see the word frustrate, understand that the literal picture of a frustration is you running into a brick, a brick wall. And what frustration really speaks to is that I'm doing stuff in my own strength and not getting the results I should be getting. Frustration says I'm depending on me and not on God. For in God, you can, God never gets frustrated. God never runs into a brick wall. So, so he says, throughout their lives, they live under a cloud. And under, Here's the cloud. They're frustrated. Number two, they're discouraged because, well, of course they're discouraged because nothing they're trying is working. And discouragement is, is, is the first, is a, is a first stop before giving up. You become discouraged, then you stop. The anger that he speaks about here is that you're angry because you tried it and it didn't work. And so there's an undercurrent of anger. There's a resentment boiling in your spirit because you tried it, it didn't work. Frustration, I tried in my own strength. I became discouraged, I became angry. This is the result of trying to do everything without God. Trying to do everything in your own strength. Trying to do it without joy. Trying to do it without understanding. Trying Trying to go out and make a living, not even know what your gifting is. Here's the rule. Every time you work outside of your gift, you're going to be frustrated, discouraged, and angry. This is going to be a hard crowd tonight. When Adam, the Bible says that when the first thing that God did for Adam, even before the fall, is that God put Adam to work. Do you know that the term Garden of Eden literally means in Hebrew, the park of his pleasure? Or the park of his enjoyment? God set Adam in, in the garden that, was, that he planted Eastwood of Eden, God put him there to do something that he was programmed to do. He was gifted to do. Everything that Adam did in, in that situation, God gifted him to do. So it wasn't work for him. You got it? What I, when I first started church, if, if, I don't know who was with me when I first started church, when I first opened the doors, Pastor James, Wills. Anybody else there? When I first started, okay, in the back, uh, Sister Barbara. When I first started this church, and this is true, I used to preach two hours. I used to lose track Of of where I I was in the time and preached two straight hours you know why I enjoyed it I got joy now the people didn't get joy because we had middle chairs and the middle chairs wanted a relationship with them after about an hour them chairs you know so some of my leaders talked to me and said pastor you you can't be teaching so long I'm like is it long and they said you you up there two hours it felt like 15 minutes when I'm working on music in the studio sometimes I I look up it's 5 o'clock in the morning because I thoroughly enjoy it. If you're watching the clock, it's a good indicator that you're not called to do what you're doing. You're not gifted to do it. And here's a sad truth that you need to know. Most people, uh, when they're coached on or counseled on what profession to go into, they're never told to go into a profession that agrees with their gifting. It's always about what the market is paying. You have the aptitude to be a doctor. That's what they told me. And I thought, well, thought cool, I went, I went to pre-med. Passed all my classes with flying colors. Then they said, my next class was EMT. I said, what's that? Emergency medical. I said, what do we do? He said, well, you, you, you're gonna work trauma. I said, trauma how, what do you mean? They explained to me, you're gonna be picking people up, you know, you're gonna see a lot of blood. I said, well, blood, oh, no, no, no. And they said, but you have the aptitude for it. Everybody said, aptitude. Aptitude is one thing, but constitution is another. At the sight of any blood, I'm passing out. It does them no good. You see what I'm saying? And so and so quickly I knew that I had to act to vacate my, my desire to be a doctor for the pay. I was just doing what they told me to do. Many people in this room and those who are listening to me or watching my stream or you're going to hear this, this MP3 CD or whatever afterwards, you're going to, you're going to find yourself in this. Here's what he said. Throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. Look at verse 18. He says, even so, I have noticed one thing, at least that is good. Look at this. He said, it is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun. During the short life God has given them and to accept that lot in life. That's what he said. He said it is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work. Everybody say enjoy their work. Solomon said it's good. Now remember every good gift comes from above. He said it's good. And he says, um... To enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them and to accept their lot in life. He doesn't, he's, he's not saying don't try to get better. He's saying whatever season you're in, men maximize it. I'm going to show you something. Do you know, do you know that God has, God has in every season and every stage we go through, God has set gifts before us to help us in that, in that season? Everyone is talking about what's going to happen next and they're talking about their future and, and God is going to do this and God is going to do that. I'm, saying, I'm here to tell you, you're missing what God has done looking forward to what God is going to do. You're missing the entire blessing. Talking about one day. I, I've, listen, this, your, your seasons of closed doors and frustration and failure, those are educational seasons. Those are seasons you'll never... You're going you're gonna to want them to come again. Pastor, I just can't find a job. Okay, the bright side of that is... You, you're struggling to believe for, for your income, but you have so much free time. That didn't bless you? Okay. Look, look, look at verse 19. Okay. And it is, a, it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. To enjoy your work. Watch this now. Everybody read that part from the word 2. Ready? Read. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, this is indeed a what? A what? It's a gift from God to enjoy your work. So, so, so when God gives you the ability, or you can say, Pastor, I enjoy my work. That's a gift from God because everyone doesn't. And I'm going to tell you something that's going to help you. If you are spending your life getting up in the morning, going to work, punching the clock, making barely enough money to, to make ends meet, and that's your whole cycle, you're missing the purpose of your life. God did not send you in this earth to, go, to get up in the morning, make a little bit of money, and, and then come home and barely pay your bills. That's not the will of God.
0: Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, it's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey.
1: Now watch this. this is this is important, this is important. The gift of enjoying your work and the life that your work p- provides is a gift. I mean, it's, it's a blessing from God. Okay? Now, the second point I want to p- uh, point out, go down to, matter of fact, go to verse 20. Go to verse 20. God keeps such people. Now, look, go back to verse 19 because I, I got to read the context. It's going to bless you. So it says, to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. Verse 20 says this. God keeps such, uh, such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. The will of God is that you get so engrossed in your assignment. You enjoy so much. You're in love with what God has called you to do so much. That even things that happened in the past, you you can't even fret over what happened. You can't fret over the things that happened. You know why? You're just having so much joy right now in what you're doing. I didn't write that. That's in the Bible. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 13. So, There's another problem that I see in in terms of us not knowing the gift of God. Jesus told a woman, he said, if you knew the gift of God, indicating to her that that the gift of God was standing right before, and she didn't even know it was there. It's so easy to to bypass a gift that God gives. In Ecclesiastes 3 and 13, everybody read this with me also. Ready? Read. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the, the fruits of their labors, for these are? The fruit, everybody say the fruit of my labor. Let me, let me, let me show you, uh, I'm going I'm to point out to you some uh, quote unquote fruits of your labor. The ability to live within your means. We're going to talk about it in a minute. The ability to clothe and, f- and feed yourself and your family. Watch this. The ability to save for something you've always wanted or wanted to experience. The ability to go on vacations and see other parts of the world and rest—these are called the fruits of your labor. It is not the will of God that you work all the time and never go on a vacation. No, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you chapter and verse. It is not the will of God. Now, now this is this is critical. Um, you said, Pastor, it's not affordable. Well, let's start with about start with living within your means. OK, there's nothing wrong with living within the confine of what you're making now and being grateful. You know, you know, what I think uh, uh, people miss and, and I'm going to tell you this, you miss this is you don't understand the purpose or the power of your giving. You don't. You don't. If you did, you would give every, every opportunity you got. Do you understand that there's a woman in the Bible, the, the widow, she gave two mites. Together they were less than one penny in value. And the Lord saw that. He stood over against the treasury and he was watching what people were giving. He wasn't impressed with the big money bags because what he was looking at was the percentages. He was looking at, at what the giving was doing to the person's life. He's looking at the, at the sacrifice. And who had a revelation of it. Some of those people were only in line to give because they could afford it. They were given, the Bible says, from their surplus. But I'm going to tell you what, there are people that don't have a surplus. And here's how it, how it works. When you get down to a little bit of money, that's when you're giving, mind should set in. That's when you get the test God the most. I'm telling you, I've walked this out. I've walked this out. One of the things that, that scares people is that they don't trust God enough to know where they are financially. You think you got your job on your own. What you don't understand is God was the one that closed the door to stop you from getting a high-paid job to teach you how to handle money on a low level. The minimum wage job is a gift from God. What he's trying to do is to teach you money management, just the same way a parent gives their child an allotment, or, or an allowance rather, to teach them how to handle money from the piggy bank. That's where you learn. That's where I learned to handle money. That's where I learned how to to sow into the kingdom. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to make a statement that's going to blow you away. There are very few things in my life right now that I can't believe God for financially. The first thing that God does when he's dealing with you about money is he curbs your desire. Let me tell you what it means. You think that God gives you more money first. No, he gives you less desire. He teaches you how to be comfortable with less. De- Matter of fact, the, um, a, a thing happened for my birthday. The church gave me a gift. They gave me a, a, a laptop computer for my birthday that I, n- I never bought. And so when Pastor Brian called me, he said, Pastor, um, I was checking and you never, you never bought the laptop for your birthday. I said, nah. And he said, well, why? You need it. I said, well, the one I have still works. He said, but I thought you said it's slow. I said, well, it works slower, but it works. And it's amazing how um, I'm trying to get all the use out of this laptop. I didn't need the church to buy me a laptop. They want to give it to me as a gift. I'm talking about the church board. But for me, I could go in my pocket and I could buy it myself. But it's something about working. I don't, I, in my mind, I said, I don't use it that much to have a brand new one. I use it when I write songs. That's it. I'm not writing songs every day. That's not my main job. The first thing God does is that he, 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 uh, he addresses your desire to have all this stuff. Because he does not want you, number one, to find your value in stuff. And he does not want you to cure your ailments with retail therapy. It's so practical, isn't it? Okay, so, so here's the first thing or living within your means number two clothing and feeding your family there's so much scripture i give you for that i'm not going to do that say um the ability to save for something you've always wanted or wanted to experience and then go on vacation let me talk to you about that for a moment anything is affordable if you make it a budgetary priority i say budget and everybody shut me off i hate budgets but all a budget really is, is a pre-assigned portion of your income that's intended to be used for a specific purpose or a specific period of time. What it really is, is you earmarking money. All a budget really is, is you saying, I'm going to use this for that and that for that. And you're just, you're just assigning your money before you spend it. All, all a budget really is, is you're naming your money before you, you get rid of it. You got it? Instead of waiting to go out there. And then they pull you by, by some beautiful looking window or something that someone else is sporting that you say, well, I got to get me one of those. Now you broke the bank. You got it? Uh, Solomon said, he said, to enjoy the fruit of your labor, to go to work and be able to come home and the money you make, you could do something with it, he says, a gift of God. Now I want to show you something. I want to show you why it's important that every time you, you work you got to do something for yourself. The two things you have to do. When you go to work, you have to give to God. In the the Greek, the word is Doran. Something of you, what you make belongs to God. The tithe is in there, and then you have to offer something to God and sacrifice. You have to do it. Or else your money can't do you any good. You got it? That's the first thing. The second thing is, it, it is not healthy for you. If you don't want to live under a cloud of frustration discouragement and anger, it is not healthy for you to go to work and, and swap hours for dollars and not buy something for yourself. You don't even give yourself a gift for going to work. At least an ice cream cone. Give you, No, you, you I'm going to tell you something. If you don't get in the habit of rewarding yourself for going to work, uh, subconsciously, you're going to start to think that other people owe you a reward for you getting them going to go work. No, you reward yourself. It's something simple like go see a movie, rent a movie. Uh, 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 um, something simple as go, go take a walk in the park, take a day, do something. But don't just keep going to work all the time. I'm going home. Y'all ain't listening. Y'all getting y- 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 this? Okay, now go to Mark chapter 6. This is not on the outline, but go to Mark chapter 6 and verse 30. Something blew me away. Mark chapter 6 and verse 30. It must be on the outline. Okay, look at this. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour. Everybody say that's work. Yeah, ministry is work. The Bible calls it the work of the ministry. They, they, They returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and all they had taught. You would think the first thing the Lord would do is go, man, that's so good. I got, I got another assignment for you. The Bible says in verse 31, then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and do what? And rest a while. Give me King James. King James says, and he said unto them, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Come apart before you come apart. Watch this. Come apart before you fall apart. He, he said. For the, now, here's what. Now go back to New Living Translation. I want to show you something. Jesus said, "Let's let's go off by ourselves. Everybody, say, by, ourselves. by ourselves. Yeah, by ourselves. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest." He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his disciples didn't even have time to eat. You're working so much, and you're so overcommitted. You only have time to wash your clothes right,
0: clean your house, cook some food. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.